Hey there, retail leaders. It's Steve Worthy. Before we jump into our episode that I know you are going to enjoy, I've got a little something that I think you'll like. You know how we always talk shop and we share insights here, right? Well, I put together this newsletter. It's called Worthy Retail News. Here's what it does. It allows us to continue our candid dialogue. It's another way for us to provide straight talk conversations and stories and even some more behind the scenes perspectives from top professionals in the retail industry. Just click the link in the show notes to subscribe or better yet, you can go to worthyretailnews.com. It's just that easy. Worthyretailnews.com. Trust me, it's worth a look. All right, let's go ahead and dive into the episode. Welcome to Retail Leadership, hosted by Steve Worthy. With over 25 years of retail leadership experience, Steve Worthy's goal is to help leaders accelerate their performance while providing tips to build and develop high-performing teams. Listen, it's time for you to stop being the leader others think you should be and time for you to become the leader you have always wanted to be. Are you ready? Let's go. Have you ever been asked the question, where were you when, right? Where were you when Ronald Reagan got shot? I was a kid. I actually remember that situation very vividly. Where were you on 9-11? I remember that vividly. I was actually running a couple of stores with Caribou Coffee, and I remember we actually just had our first daughter, Chandler. And I remember the situation as if it was yesterday. How many of you will remember the lockdown? How many of you will remember COVID-19? You know, in the wake of COVID-19, it has caused so much fear and trepidation and changes within people. And some of the changes have actually been good. What all these situations have in common They have caused us to pause. They have caused us to take stock and to take time to realize that things need to change. Things need to change in our lives, things that we have taken for granted. So I want to talk today a little bit about leadership. I want to talk about the post-pandemic leader and what are some of the qualities that you are going to need to lead after the pandemic. As a retail leader, We've had to pivot our mindset, our conversations, and everything that we deal with on a daily basis, everything has been turned upside down. The level of detail and communication that we used to take for granted has now become second nature to us, so much so that protocols and operational procedures have changed, sometimes hourly. But what about afterwards? But what about as we move away from this? There are going to be certain leadership traits that you need to develop and cultivate now because they are going to remain relevant as we move through the pandemic. Okay, so I want to run you through five traits that you will need to have as a leader post-pandemic. Number one is clear and open communication. There are two components that I want to talk about relative to this. There's a measure of candor that needs to take place with your communication. 
honesty has always been fundamental to any leader. But when we start talking about communication, the level of candor, which means sharing even some of the most difficult things with your team, has to be done. Now, there are going to be things that you need to probably hold onto that you can't tell your team each and everything because there's a time and a place for it. However, if you are not open with the communication about what's going on, what the company's doing, what the company stands for, what the new protocols are, also even communication with any fear that you may be experiencing yourself as a leader. The one thing about communication is that when you're open and honest with your team, even about some of your fears and your trepidations around what's taking place and maybe some of the uncertainty that's taking place, guess what happens? You start to build rapport. You start to build connection and relationship with your team. So don't take communication for granted as your number one trait that you need to cultivate post-pandemic. Number two is going to be empathetic or active listening. It goes without mentioning that there has been so many people who have suffered losses during the pandemic. They have suffered financial losses, the loss of life, the loss of jobs and careers. There's so much that people have lost. And as a leader, you have to understand those losses, even if you did not have any of those losses yourself. And the best way to do that is by empathetic listening. And what that is, is that you are, for that moment in time, you are putting yourself into the position, into the shoes of that person as they speak to you in their situation. You try your best to understand what they're going through and how it's impacting them personally and albeit professionally. So empathetic listening is listening to the entire story, active listening, not waiting for them to finish so that you can put in whatever it is that you want to say. And here's the other thing with empathetic listening and active listening. A lot of times leaders forget this one is silence. Don't try to fill the space with words, especially when someone is pleading and sharing their thoughts about what's taking place in their life. Silence is a big part of communication. And if you try to fill that space with empty platitudes, guess what? It falls on deaf ears. So number two is empathetic, active listening. You need to cultivate this skill in order to be successful during the pandemic, but also after the pandemic. And number three would be flexibility and adaptability. Kind of the same thing, but but not really. You know, one of the things that retail leaders take pride in is our ability to adapt to change, right? As a multi-unit leader, my job sometimes, whenever I do a store visit or a business unit visit, I can upset the entire day. I can upset the entire plan that manager or that district manager may have for their day, for their store, or for their market. I can upset that just by saying, hey, I'm dropping in. They have to adapt to that. But one of the reasons why us as retail leaders love retail is because we are able to change and pivot very quickly. However, when it comes to going through the pandemic and then coming out of the other side, we have had to be flexible like none other. Our priorities have shifted 
drastically based on the former policies and procedures that either the CDC or our company provided. You still need to have that measure of adaptability as you exit, as we move out of the pandemic. You still need to have that flexibility, right? Because you're going to be faced with some unprecedented uncertainty still as a leader. And you have to avoid the temptation of sticking with a decision, right? The tendency is that we like leaders who are steadfast in their thoughts and their words and what they're going to stand for. 100% get that. However, when you are dealing with shifting thoughts, shifting personal and professional situations in a person's life, you have to refrain from the stick-to-itiveness, if you will, of your great decision, because sometimes your great decision needs to be changed. And if you're not flexible or adaptable, you're going to miss out on great opportunities, one, to probably take care of your team, but two, also to execute something that is extremely necessary based on changes in a procedure, right? You need to prepare your team to be nimble and agile. I want to give you three things, three things to kind of focus in on when you start to talk about agility with your team, right? You have to, number one, prioritize strong teams over dominant individuals. We all know, especially in retail, I'm going to look use the 80-20 principle, the Pareto principle. We typically know that 20% of our team will give us 80% of our output. And we know that about 20% of our SKUs will give us about 80% of our revenue stream. When we think about the ability to be agile, you have to think about more than just that one individual who's really strong or those couple of individuals. You have to try your best to make the entire team strong. You have to try your best to make sure that you are super inclusive of the entire team and not just relying on that one individual. Here's why. Because that one individual may not be there tomorrow because of a COVID situation or something that's taking place for them personally. So if you prioritize a stronger team over the stronger individual, you will win. You will win through this process. The second thing that I want to talk about relative to agility is that you have to conduct consistent planning and strategy sessions with your team. Now, and what I mean by that is that they don't always have to be on the calendar, right? Some of them most can be, but some of them aren't. Some of them are impromptu. If I am a, a market leader and I'm or market manager or district manager and I'm coming into the market, coming into a club or a store, the tendency sometimes is for me to just have my agenda of what I want to see and what I want to do. But I also have to be agile in the context of understanding what that team may be going through and help them prioritize and plan and have a strategy session right then and there. You have to be able to read the room, if you will. And reading the room means that you understand the pulse of your team. You understand when they're nervous and when they're not. I'll give you a great example of this, is that my boss and I were visiting a store and it's in a pretty rough part of town. And the majority, the vast majority of the team members that actually worked at this place lived in that neighborhood. Now, there were thoughts of a potential riot that was supposed to take place in the area. When we walked into that store, one of the first things that I had to do was I actually had to read the room. I had to read the post and check the post of the associates. And they were fearful. They were nervous. 
And if I didn't check the pulse and we didn't take the actions to actually listen to that team, we listened to them. They told us the story of what they were seeing on social media and what their thoughts were about the potential riot and damage that could actually happen to our store. We took it upon ourselves to get permission to close that store. Any of you in retail, you know that closing a store down during the middle of the day, it is akin to an act of God that needs that for you to get that approved. But we got it approved. And thank God we did. Because at 3.30 that afternoon, a riot did break out. And that store, while it didn't get as much damage as we thought it would, we prepared for that. If we didn't listen, if we didn't read the room. So we had to be agile and understand and make sure that we were listening to our team. The third piece that I do want you to focus in on from an agility standpoint too is going to be, you have to look at the KPIs, of course, right? Because those are the hardcore metrics. But I think you also have to understand how to trust your intuition, right? Trust And trusting your intuition is not just you making a decision on your own, but you trusting your team enough so that they can provide you with input so that you can make a decision about whatever it may be. Same thing that I just said about that team when I walked into their store and I read the room and realized that I needed to make an adjustment. So once again, being adaptable and flexible as a leader, you must navigate and manage change quickly and appropriately with remaining focused on the larger task at hand, which is your team. Taking care of your team should be priority number one. Number four is humility. You know, leaders, unfortunately, are often expected to know it all and make perfect decisions. And the obvious truth is that they're just as human and fallible as anyone else. During these uncharted times, you know, one of the biggest mistakes leaders can make is pretending that they know more than they do or making decisions relying only on their instincts or previous experiences. It's inevitable that during these times, you know, the leader is going to have to make a decision that is outside their sphere of expertise that they don't have the answer for. And they are going to have to seek someone else to assist them in making the best decision possible. As a result, humility will be a huge asset to a leader. It takes a strong leader. Hear this, please. It takes a strong leader to respond to a difficult situation or to a difficult question with the answer, I don't know, but I'll find out. Hear that. Sometimes it's more important for you to say, I don't know, but I'll find out. You have to do that. You have to step away from the situation and also from your lack of knowledge and being okay with saying that you don't know. Because honestly, we don't know. The situations during the pandemic were so fluid, right? And post-pandemic, that attribute of still being humble, right, of portraying the posture of humility is still going to be necessary. So please don't discount being humble during a situation from a pandemic standpoint because you're forced to be. Humility should always be a part of your ethos. It should always be a part of who you are. As a leader, the pandemic has caused all of us to slow down and really take stock, really take a deep introspective look at who we are 
And a lot of the leaders that I have talked to over my career, some of them have lacked humility. And it wasn't until they were faced with these big situations that they were forced into a posture of humility. Hear this. I don't want you to have to force yourself into a posture of humility anymore. After the pandemic, after all of this, your level of humility should be consistent with everything that you do. It should be a part of who you are. Your humility will help you define your character, but more importantly, it will help you build trust for your team. It will help your team trust you. And as a leader, during a pandemic or post-pandemic, trust is extremely important. And number five, number five is to remain culturally and emotionally sensitive in the workplace. You know, with all the racial injustice and unrest in 2020, in conjunction with the pandemic, it's imperative that leaders grasp a better understanding of all the cultural and emotional dynamics that their team and customers, the customers as well, are dealing with. This is such a sensitive topic to so many people. You know, however, your, your team, your team will be looking for you for guidance and direction. They will follow the tone that you set to deal with topics that are outside the norm of logistics, product adjacencies, and payroll control. I wanted to give you a quick six-step framework for dealing with cultural sensitivity. Number one is denial. Typically, when addressed or asked about diversity issues or cultural sensitivity issues and how it has impacted a person's life or how a different race has impacted other people, there is first the the stage of denial, if you will. The first experience is to not experience the difference. Basically saying that I really don't want to talk about it. I don't see any difference. I don't see color. I don't see race. That's kind of the first step. And you have to understand, you have to meet people where they are. And there are a lot of people like that. But as a leader, it's incumbent upon you to help them move through this process. And number two in this process is the defense. It's the polarization of us versus them. We have to watch our communication. We have to watch what we say to other people. We have to watch how some of our words can be super insensitive to people, but we feel that it's just normal conversation. And so you have to be open to understanding that some of your views, not all of them, may be polarizing in and of themselves. And then the third step is the minimalization. Basically, we are telling people there's a false sense of cultural sensitivity. It assumes we are all the same. And we are not. So you have to understand that people are going through this process of denial, defense, minimalization. And then hopefully, hopefully after time, after they've been able to be open and done some introspection, they can move to the fourth step. And that is acceptance. Acceptance is the growing awareness of one's own culture and recognition of the other. I think that last part is super important. It's the recognition of others. 
when you accept, and I'm not saying, here's the thing about acceptance, right? Acceptance isn't a blank check. It's not something that you just accept things sleight of hand. It's not that you accept things without evidence. The idea is that you have walked through denial, defense, and minimalization, and you have come to the point where, wow, I actually have to understand and accept that there are differences and that my differences and my way of life and how I've been reared is completely different than someone else's. The fifth step is adaptation. It's the recognition that you need to be effective when you interact with other people. And what does that mean to be effective when interacting with other people? We just talked about humility. We just talked about understanding and being flexible, talked about empathetic listening. All these things play a role in your adaptation and your ability to recognize other people and that they truly matter. So without the first four, it's almost impossible for you to try to go through this step of understanding racial or cultural sensitivity because it's so important. And a lot of people don't actually get to this point of understanding why. You know, as a retail leader, our worlds change drastically hour by hour, minute by minute in certain situations. And this is why I say that every decision that a retail leader makes impacts everyone every day all over the world. And understanding how to be a post-pandemic leader is extremely important. It could impact not just you, but other people for a long period of time. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Retail Leadership with Steve Worthy. To find out more information, you can visit us at www.worthyretailu.com. You can see all of our resources, our articles, our merch store, and also our list of amazing books that we carry. We look forward to talking to you soon. Have a great day and God bless. Okay, okay, okay. Before you go, before you go, hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being a massive part of Retail Leadership with Steve Worthy. I got to tell you the ideas, concepts, and also the challenges that you guys face out there as retail leaders, you know, it keeps us going. It is the fuel that helps us um, create these podcast episodes. And we just want to thank you so much. Please, if you have more ideas and things that you're dealing with or struggling with that you want to hear about, let us know as well. Also, if you're interested in working with Worthy Retail, let us know. If you want to learn more about the campus, we have links in the description as well. So, hey, I will see you in the next episode. Have a great day and God bless.